market research. That's what we're going to talk about next. Um, hopefully you've already gone through and done your competition analysis. And now we're on to the second prong of our three prong process, which is to um, look at your niche and do a market assessment. So the concept is, is that you have this great idea. Um, you think that, you know, getting into the venue business is going to be just an amazing opportunity for you. You've been obsessing about this for months, maybe even thinking about doing this for years. And you just, you know, that this is now the time that you want to make this happen. And I've heard this in emails from many of you. And so you're ready to make that commitment. We're going to be bonafide entrepreneurs. We're going to do this. And you've been talking to everybody around you, your friends, your family, and they all think it's an amazing idea. They've all been to weddings. They're like, man, this is great. You should totally do this. And you feel really affirmed that you've got it and this is going to actually happen. Um, and most small businesses in the world, you know, come around because someone notices a need or a, an improvement, a way that they could do something that someone else is already doing in a better way. Um, or as what happens a lot of times is that somebody sees that there's a hot market and they just want to be involved in it and, and they want to take advantage of the demand. And whatever your reason is for deciding to embark on, you know, doing this um, rural wedding venue idea is totally yours and all of them are fine. Um, but, you know, if you've spent all your time testing your idea out in the kind of venue that you want to create or the kind of business you want to create, by, you know, talking to it only with your friends and your family, um, then you're really only performing an informal market research and validation process. And our friends and our family, you know, by definition, are people that we're bonded through with a mutual affection. So their responses are generally going to be awesome. That's great. You should totally do it and may not have any real basis um, for a business evaluation on, you know, really kind of being critical and examining what your idea is and what you want to do. And so their responses are generally always emotional and not usually practical. And so if you have somebody that rains on your parade, it's not going to be that often. And, you know, you're probably going to continue to push forward with your business concept and um, because everybody around you that's closest to you thinks that, you know, what you want to do is, is brilliant. Then there's also the reverse. You may be one of those people that have been talking about doing this for a long time, and you've got everybody telling you how it can never work, and it is a terrible idea. And But you look around and you see that, no, I think that this can actually you know, make it and, and whatnot. And sometimes that you know information, that feedback, comes from the fact that they don't really know what's involved with doing the business. They have no idea what the market conditions are. I mean, they have their own list of stuff. Again, this is still... A negative, you know, evaluation of what you're doing, a response to what you're doing with no basis in it. And so starting off and deciding to go into business on your own, whether it's a venue business or any business based solely on the fact that your mom's proud of you and thinks that anything you do is amazing. That's not a good business decision, nor is pushing ahead on your gut, despite what everybody else says. And so unless your friends and family are actually representative of the market that you're trying to get into, in this case, couples or they're involved in the wedding industry, and they actually are also additionally capable of giving you honest feedback, you really do need to get some, um, I'd say, criticism and not in the negative sense of what your concept is and then be able to um, take that input and decide you know, how you're going to approach this. And so this is called market research. This is market assessment, market analysis. And that's the, the big, you know, second step here that you have to do. So 
a lot of people probably don't even consider doing it because they think it's complicated and it can be complicated. But if you're dealing with a start at home business, which a wedding venue would be, or even a small main street business, you don't have to have an overly complicated focus group um, in order to have a successful market research. So market research is, you know, a twofold process. Um, first step, which we've already covered, is it involves seeing who's already in the market doing your business. And so this is your competition. That's why we started there already with the previous um, episode and finding out what they're up to. And then the second part is getting the information from your potential clients or customers to find out what their needs are and how you can deliver a special experience for them that's different or better than what the competition is already doing. And so this is the part that you get to do some digging and, and have a little bit of fun. Um Again, if you have gone to the website, WeddingVenueBiz.com, I have a copy of my niche and market assessment guide, and you should download that and um, follow along because I will be covering pieces of it, and it may help this podcast um, kind of go a little bit more smoothly for you. So identifying the competition. I covered that a little bit, but I'm going to touch on this again because maybe this will all piece it together. This can be done by just doing, again, online research, developing a list of the competitors, and um, even asking people, you know, on the street um, who they've, you know, know about out there in the wedding industry, in the venue industry, um, you know, and take note. How did they hear about them? How did they find out about them? And who are they? Um, if you have friends and family that are actually in the wedding industry, this is where they can actually give you a, a, a good hand. Um, because... If you're marketing to people like them, you know, let's say your um, cousins are, uh, you know, newly engaged and they live in your area, um, they are your target. So asking them questions about how they're finding out about venues is actually incredibly useful for you. And then adding those opinions into it is not a terrible idea. Um, then you go through and you put everything into a spreadsheet so you can analyze it. And um, and I talked about this. We talk about doing a SWOT analysis. So you're looking at how much market that they have, market share, how popular are they, can you find out how many weddings that they actually book and what their sales figures are, what are their strengths and their weaknesses, and what are the pieces of their business that you'd like to copy or imitate, and what do you want to completely avoid, and um, are there any places that you can actually specialize on and you know improve upon or you know offer that they're not offering there. Um, where are they located in relationship to where your venue is going to be? What are they charging? And are there any secondary or indirect competitors that are going to affect your business? Um, for example, with a wedding venue, you could be looking at all the great farms that are out there and, you know, make an assessment of it. But, you know, you have indirect competition from churches and you also have indirect competition from community centers, public parks and things like that. And so you also need to know how many of those are out there and whether or not they'll actually, you know, influence what you got going on. Doing effective um, competition analysis is called quantitative research. And that is you're collecting information that can be transferred into either a numerical data or statistic of some form. And it's just going to give you generalized results that can help you give a, a bigger picture um, of where you might actually fit in on this list. Um, and so quantitative is um, that competitor analysis. It's easy to do because everything you can get will be done online. You can get all of it in a very short period of time. But it's not going to be the only way of figuring out whether or not you've got the right course um, or direction that you want to go with your business. Or for this matter, some of you may be choosing property again and deciding where to get your property and what kind to get. So the gold lies in the qualitative analysis. And that's what we're really going to talk about here. Um, 
the first time I did qualitative analysis, I was getting my master's degree and I was writing research papers on social topics, um, uh, such as environmentalism and sustainability. And qualitative analysis is really the art of reading between the lines. And in social research, it's important helping people uncover their feelings and thoughts on topics rather than just an inventory of their behavior. And that's really relevant in the wedding industry because the wedding industry is a feeling emotional industry. And um, that's why you really have to have a good understanding of what is those driving factors there. So um, the basics are the first rule in qualitative information gathering is that when you're interviewing people, you need to remember to ask open-ended questions, not just ones that they can give you a yes or a no to. Because if you only ask closed questions, answer yes or no, you know, is your favorite color blue or purple, um, you're only going to get um, a closed off answer. And you'll never get an opportunity for them to open up and start sharing um, more information for you. And so you don't want to ask a question, would you rather pick venue A, B, or C and rank these features in order of importance? Um, those are useful and it should be a part of your, your research as you're trying to figure out the best venue to build. Um, but you also need to make sure that you're asking questions during your um, your research process. Things like, what do customers struggle with when it comes to selecting venues? Um, what are some of your favorite services that venues actually have? And tell me about one of your favorite experiences at a particular venue and why. And if you could come up and design the perfect wedding venue, um, what would you do? If you can find the... Um, the time and the and get somebody to sit down and, and give you those answers that's where you're going to end up coming up with some just amazing results you can also find qualitative information by doing some research and so if you're going out there and you're looking at blogs social media posts and other sources you know of information out there you can actually start to see what people or customers in your um, in the wedding industry in your area are actually talking about it. And so, you know, Facebook is a really great resource for that. Um, in the Seattle area, there are a number of private and open groups um, related to the wedding industry, either through Seattle, um, Snohomish, the Pacific Northwest, Washington State, Puget Sound. You know, just a lot of different you know geographic areas that are defined there. Um, and you can actually go through there and you can see the questions that um, couples may be asking to the world at large. You know, a lot of people crowdsource their, you know, their wedding planning. And so go through that and see what people are talking about. I know that I have personally um, gotten tagged in a conversation. Um, you know, one time it happened between photographers who were talking about Woodland Meadow Farms. And they were talking about how great it is and all that other good stuff. But... Um, the ceremony location, it's up on a raised um, rockery, and it's got a really great staircase to go up to the front of it. But what we were discovering is that photographers couldn't get access to the sides very easily in order to be able to take close-up shots. So they were either shooting down low with um, a telephoto lens, or they were in a really weird, awkward position, and you know the, the guests could see them. And so that was a, a way of being able to get some qualitative information and feedback and engaging with, you know, people that use our space on some improvements that we could actually make to our location. So once you've actually sat everybody down, and how do you do this? Well, with John, as I describe in the book, I actually set up appointments. I made private meetings with um, several 
uh, planners that I knew did weddings in the Snohomish area. And there's a networking organization in our area called the Snohomish Wedding Guild. So I went to there. I looked at the members. I didn't really know any of these people. I'd never met them before. But I called them up and said, hey, I'm working with, um, you know, this venue. We're trying to make some improvements. We want to be able to have a better experience. I'd love to be able to hear what you think about the venue if you've ever worked out there. And also talk about what you think venues need to be able to do to be successful. And I met with, gosh, I want to say like five different planners, which was a lot, really. And sat them all down and uh, asked them all the questions that I just went through there and had them uh, give me their answers, spent an hour to an hour and a half, you know, depending on how well it was going and how open they were, um, and uh, got just definitely like some real gems out of it. Uh, We ended up defining some of our major features of our property based on that qualitative research. For one, having a one price um, for the venue, not renting out a bunch of other stuff and having, you know, the pricing be confusing, uh, sticking with being a venue only and not offering any additional services um, so that that caterers didn't feel like they were blocked out or planners or anybody else. I mean, a lot of really, really good stuff. And they all worked successfully for us in, in terms of defining our, our location. So um, the other way of doing this, and I did this with another venue um, here in the area, is um, we actually then just, we had like an open house kind of a thing. So I sent out invitations and we invited um, several people from a a cross section of influencers. And I touch on influencers in the book a little bit. Those are people that have that relationship with the couple, know what's guiding their decisions and can help influence their choices. And so we selected influencers from planners to photographers to caterers and had a nice group of them come in. And we asked the same questions. But what was great about the group version of it was that we were able to get feedback and bounce back. And somebody would make a comment and then someone else would add to it. And from a qualitative um, research uh, perspective, that is just, I mean, that's genuinely awesome right there because you're able to see between and get them talking about topics. And for this one particular venue, it was through the focus study and having the group of people in there talking instead of just everybody one-on-one that we really kind of nailed down um, some great approaches for this venue. And they were in conflict. I wouldn't say conflict. That's probably a bad word. But they were they were contrary to the assumptions the venue owners were making about what they thought the clients were actually going to need. And so it was huge to be able to hear back from them and have this engaged discussion and also the validation from not just one person, but having it come from several people um, that helped this venue make some really key strategic dif- you know, changes in their plan in order to be able to know that now they were going out into the market with something that people actually wanted. So when you gather all your notes, and I did that for that, that focus meeting, I took everybody's notes, I sat in the corner and I asked questions, but then I wrote down and I listened and jotted down everything that I could hear. Um, you know, your iPhones have memo, uh, an app on there that you can use, so you can record everything, which makes it easier so that you don't have to worry about, you know, furiously trying to write down everything they said. You can actually just um, take memos and then use a dictation software if you want, like Dragon Speaking or something like that, so you can get all your notes in there. But what you do is you get all your notes gathered together and you have to start looking for trends and what that means is did people say the same things when they were asked about what they liked or disliked about venues you know is there a theme in there somewhere of like I really hate this and you know when I did it when I did John's um, property um, you know the theme was I hate that I go and I think I'm paying one price for a venue but it turns out I end up being charged more because of all the ticky tacky extras so that was a theme that we kept hearing over and over again Um, Did you hear anything that you hadn't even absolutely considered before? 
um, that and did you hear that more than one time um, because if you did well then you've got a real trend in there that you probably need to evaluate so this activity then will help you start to put together customer motivations and uncover some amazing opportunities for you with your business. Most importantly, this qualitative analysis really does reveal the truth about how the market feels about certain um, services and um, locations. And they might actually, like I said about this other venue, they might be in contrast to your own assumptions and it can help you from making a poor choice, you know, right out of the gate in the direction that you wanna be able to take your, your venue business. For example, that I use in the book, I, you know, I talked about it there. I said vanilla ice cream might be the number one flavor year in and year out on paper, but that doesn't mean it's the best tasting option that's out there. Sometimes it's only the safest choice because you can't really find what it is that you were looking for. And so if you ask the quantitative question, which ice cream do you buy the most, and you get the answer vanilla and you stop right there, you'd say to yourself, well, vanilla is clearly the way to go. Um, but if you follow up with a qualitative question, why do you buy vanilla a lot? You might get surprised. The answer could be, well, because the other options at my store are limited and I don't like them. I wish they carried salted caramel. All right. See the difference there? Someone actually through a qualitative question and answer gave you something that, you know, wouldn't have been gotten from just the quantitative answer. So anyways, um, one thing that you have to remember about the venue business is that you have limited inventory. Um, you have finite resources. And I've said this in the book as well. You only have so many Saturdays you can sell and you can't sell it more than once. You got one customer per day and you've only got X number of days in the summer. And if you're going into just a summer only venue, you got 50 days that you can sell. I, you know, use the metaphor, like it's like 50 bottles of wine. You got to sell all 50 of them um, or 20, whatever your target actually is. And so that's why it's better to be able to find out where your niche opportunities are and to, um, to make yourself attractive to a narrower group of people um, and, and you can only figure that out by going through this process of doing this um, qualitative you know, analysis um, because the information that you're gathering through these open interviews and open-ended questions is where you can help uncover and define that niche that you want your venue business to operate with. Um, or, and, and you know, the other part of this is you can find ways to do better than what the market is. I mean, Qualitative analysis also gives you a chance to hear everybody complain about what everybody else is doing. And complaints are huge opportunities for you. And so I can't even say enough about this is, you know, it doesn't even matter um, really what business that you're getting into. Market research is like my, my beginning step with everybody, um, you know, so that if they have done it or haven't done it, that we get them going in the right direction. So the form that you have, the niche and market assessment, that I created for you, the guide that you can download. Um, part one of it has a self-evaluation. And so what this is, is this is you sitting down as you're kind of helping define your niche. And you wanna sit there and talk about what are your interests and your passions are. Um, this helps you make sure that your venue and your location is a reflection of that, especially if your venue is your house. Um, remember, I used the example with um, John and feeling this huge disconnect between his own home and um, this, you know, kind of perception that he had to create for this, you know, elegant venue space. I mean, the guy's a dirt biker. You know, there's nothing elegant about it. I mean, okay, riding dirt bikes really well is kind of an elegant process and it's kind of cool and I love it. Um, but, you know, it's dirty, it's muddy, it's, you know, crass. There's, you know, lots of swearing and all that other, you know, stuff going on. And, you know... 
the property itself is beautiful, but it's forested and trees and, you know, lots of things, leaves fall on the ground and moles dig up the yard and all that other stuff. And so, um, you know, connecting the space with who you are and what your lifestyle is means that you end up with a happier location. So writing down what your core passions and interests are is, you know, a really great activity for you, but also common ground is huge when it comes to having a good rapport with somebody in communication between people. And so, you know, if you can connect with them by them walking into your space and seeing that you're totally into trees or you love dahlias or you love dirt bikes, um, it breaks that ice and it makes for a, a, a warm experience and a warm conversation as you're showing your place off. And it helps you connect with them because this is an emotional uh, process, you know, getting married, kind of a big deal. Um, then you need to go through with your own property and do an analysis of what are your special features. What are the things that make you, you know, special landscaping wise, buildings, barns, you know, things like that. And, you know, list those things out. Um, and then talk about, you know, do an honest assessment of your property. You know, what are some of the drawbacks that you have? And if you don't have your property, it's going to be really hard for you to, to, you know, get this down. So a couple of these questions may not be relevant until you've actually got the property there. Um, but think about drawbacks maybe ahead of time as you're looking for property, which is, you know, some of the common ones are how far away is the property from any lodging or hotels? Um, is it tough to be able to get an Uber? I mean, Snohomish has one hotel in the entire town. We've got a lot of really amazing Airbnbs and rental houses for everybody. But the big turning point was when Uber and Lyft started to come out and get people back to their, you know, hotels in Kirkland or Seattle or, you know, back home and stuff like that. That made a huge difference because it made it easy to get to the property. And so think about properties, you know. Um, also, does it have a lot of uneven terrain? Are there steep slopes? You know, that's a safety issue. That's an accessibility issue. Um, and do an inventory of that. And then um, find out what other people would say are the best features of your property. Because I will tell you that after years of doing weddings, you are so familiar with your own backyard and you have the things that you like, but seeing your place through another person's eyes is mind blowing. And, you know, when I would watch the videos that the videographers would create and see, you know, the, the farm and the property and see what they keyed in on, I'm always amazed, you know, by the things that really resonate with people. And so um, you, what you like may not be what other people see and like or think are actually your best features. And so after you do your own assessment, you should get your friends together or bring those planners out. If you're going to set up individual meetings with planners to ask them all these quantitative questions, bring them out to the property if you've got it and do your meetings right there with them so that you can then ask them that question while you've got them and got their attention. So I covered some of the questions. So in the guide here, you see them here again. What do couples, um, this is the market assessment. Now you're finding out what people think about venues. What do couples or prospects struggle with when it comes to wedding venues? Um, what are their opinions, their challenges? What are their frustrations that they have with it? Is it communication? Is it, is it having a bunch of restrictions on the type of alcohol or the catering company? Um, again, if you're going through and you're interviewing wedding planners, they will give you all of this information. And if you can get some couples, that would be great. You know, like I said, look through Facebook postings, um, reach out to a few of them if you have the ability to do that and start collecting, you know, the, um, the, the struggles, the weaknesses, because again, that's the opportunities for you. And what pain points, challenges, or desires do they keep bringing up on comments, um, on blogs, social media regarding wedding venues? 
Um, do they talk about, oh, that place is really nice, but it's super expensive, or I really loved it, but I couldn't bring my dog, um, or that place is really cool, but, you know, they only let you out, you know, you have to be out by 10 o'clock at night, and, you know, a lot of people want to party on a little bit longer. Um, so make sure that you're collecting, you know, the, that kind of stuff as well. And then um, what do vendors struggle with when it comes to wedding venues, and what features have they seen? And this question's important because in this world, your repeat and referral business, it will come from your couples. It will come from the families that come out there and have an amazing day with you because you just crushed it. You showed them the best day of their lives. Um, but the people that will be talking about you regularly are going to be your other wedding vendors. And the vendors that are usually deeply impacted by a venue are going to be caterers are there, planners are in there. Um, you know, vi video and photography will have some issues with it, but if you can find out what you can do to make them do their job better for couples, they will appreciate working with you. And so take it to heart. Like I said, that Facebook thread talking about photographers, man, that meant something to me um, because I don't want photographers out there saying it's nice, but you know, and drop the but statement. So send out an email to several of them and ask them, you know, what are your top two or three complaints about local wedding venues? And what are the top two or three features that you've seen that you think are amazing? And, um, and then start documenting that. And then um, keep your eyes and ears open for venues that are having a lot of success and find ways to improve upon what they offer or use some of the stuff that they have and put your own twist on it so that, um, you know, you're able to capitalize on things that work. Um, and, you know, obviously the market demands. And um, brainstorm on some ideas that you can actually you can do with that. And then once you have all this, the part three on this niche and market assessment is identify your niche. So you've you've listed out the things that you like, the things that are important to you as a person, um, things that are important to you about your property. Um, you've gone out, you found out what people like and dislike about current venues that are out there. You've, you know which ones are like yours or will be kind of like yours because you did your competitor analysis. And now this is where you start to brainstorm. Where is your opportunities for you with all the things that you know you can make improvements in or the things that aren't being handled that your, you know, your market analysis is telling you like, hey, venues need to you know, do X, Y, and Z. Um, put that down on this list and see if that's something that you can incorporate. And so... Once you've got your niche narrowed down, um, test your idea. You know, you've done your market analysis. Now, you know, put together this, you know, plan for yourself and then go out there and see what's going on. So I suggest that um, Google those niche ideas. Um, you know, uh, for example, let's talk about uh, garden weddings. You know, um, you're really into flowers. And so you want to go out there and see, you know, garden venues and what kind of pictures there are that show up on Pinterest. Are there other venues that are similar? Look at magazines, wedding blogs, and social media, and look at Pinterest. If you don't Pinterest, you need to Pinterest. Pinterest is a huge mover and shaker in the wedding market. And, I mean, it's profound, the influence and impact it has out there. So get a Pinterest account, get used to it, get on there. Um, and look at the, the things that people are pinning. Um, and then also host a private open house. If you've got your property and you're ready to get it going and, um, and bring it to market, have an open house out there. Bring out those wedding professionals and those other influencers. Have them visit and give you feedback at that time. I did that with Woodland Meadow Farms with John, and we got a lot of people that had never even been out there. We did it with Dairyland. Man, we had like 300 people that came out to the open house at Dairyland. I mean, it was just amazing. They were excited to see it. They'd been hearing about it. So open houses are you know, a great opportunity for you to be able to market into your, um, into your local wedding venue professionals and stuff like that. 
So that's part two. It's kind of big. It's going to take a lot of time, but it's going to give you some just amazing information. Um, if you're out there and you're trying to do your own market analysis and you get into a couple of stumbling blocks, please don't hesitate to give me an email. Um, TheWeddingVenueBiz.com has a contact form. My email through Activity Girl is on there. I mean, I know this is a good, you know, a good step that you have to take, so don't shy away from it. Um, I coach it to other people that I work with and, you know, help them be able to do it. So um, it is it is power in this little activity right here. And so that's why I've spent some time really talking about this. And so anyways, thank you for your time. And again, if you have any questions about this, WeddingVenueBiz.com, hit that email. Um, let me know what I can do for you and have a great afternoon. Thanks. Hi, so this has been another episode of Wedding Venue Business Radio Podcast. If you would like to submit a question for me to answer on the show, please go to the website at WeddingVenueBiz.com. Find the contact form there and type in your question or comment that you have for me, and I am happy to answer it on the podcast. Again, my name is Ami Quiriconi, and I am, as always, extremely grateful for your time. Have a great day.